about the cloud. I'm like, is it physically in the cloud? Like, do I need to retrieve it from the cloud and bring it down? I don't know. Anyway, anyway, everyone, welcome to another episode of Office Hours, where I am super stoked about today's guest, Mark Killens, the legendary Mark Killens. Um, Mark is notorious for what he, the work he did at HubSpot, working in the HubSpot Academy team, and now he's making some really big splashes around the conversational marketing pool with the team at Drift. Mark, thanks so much for joining me on today's episode. Oh, it's my pleasure, MK. It's so good to be back chatting with you. You know, we go we go way back from HubSpot days, so it's awesome to be doing this with you today right now. Uh, the pleasure is truly, truly all mine. Um, one thing that we love doing here at Alice as a whole, obviously office hours, we carry that tradition over is job titles are great. I could go to Zoom Info, figure out who you are in your nine to five, but your five to nine, that's what I want to know about. What do you do in your five to nine? Great question. I love this question. So my wife and I had a baby just about a year ago, first child. Uh, so that's been congrats. All thank you, thank you. Um, that's that's been the big thing. Um, you know, we live north of Boston. Um, do visit Maine a good amount. We actually have a small place we kind of camp out at in Maine from time to time. So other than that, you know, just trying to stay safe and healthy. And I hope everyone listening is, is safe and healthy as well. Um, but really Theodore is, is all consuming right now, which is great. <laughs> Theodore, and do you see go by Theodore or do you ever truncate it to just Theo? So we, so Sarah and I keep, typically keep it to Theodore. Um, our okay. family, his, his grandparents, they either do Teddy or Theo, which is fine, mm -hmm. 100% fine. We'll see which way he goes when he gets older. Yeah, he might do a rebrand at some point in time. You know, the best of us have. I have done the rebrand. It's totally fine. Cool. Yeah. Well, congrats to you and Sarah and uh, Theodore as well. Uh, I imagine nourishing those plants is also a subset of your responsibilities of keeping other things alive around the house. Yes? Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, one of the reasons I'm so pumped to chat with you today is around this concept of like conversational marketing, but also where building conversation into your website meets delivering personal experience to your prospects and customers. The way I like to think about this is, you know, for example, if you were a some sort of a, a store owner for a brick and mortar location, there is no way, no way that you would let someone walk into your door of your store and not greet them, try to understand what they're looking for, try to understand what they're trying to accomplish with their visit to your store. And yet when marketers look at their website, they like put their blinders on and completely shut down any sort of interaction or conversation with the people that come to their website. Are you seeing the same thing? Yeah. I mean, websites are built for marketers, not for sales, not for sellers. So we should, we should unpack that. Right? Yes, please. But, but you're right, right? Like you wouldn't ignore someone. And now more than ever, because so much of the way we um, live and buy things and work is in this digital first world, we really need to rethink uh, our websites. And I know, I feel like MK, we've been saying that and hearing that for like a long time. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it started even way back when you and I were at HubSpot, even before that, right? But you know, the, the thing with websites today is they're probably getting a lot better at giving people content and information and being fast and being mm -hmm. mobile friendly and responsive. You know, all of these things that we've been talking about for a long time, which is all good, but 
now when you really don't have the opportunity to talk to someone face to face and there's so much competition, there's so many options out there. There's so much information. Mm-hmm. Websites are getting bigger and bigger. The number of pages on websites are getting bigger. The navigations mm-hmm. are exploding on a website. How can mm-hmm. you help guide someone to the right thing on the website or even better yet, when the moment is right, the right person at the business who that visitor who's visiting the website should be you know, connecting with or talking to and facilitating that interaction either in real time, so through live chat um, or through an interaction that might take place a little bit later by helping that person get connected, but we're gonna book a meeting to talk later because right now it's just not the right time for, for you know, either, either person. So we should unpack all that, but I do think websites need to go through this reinvention um, so they're not just so marketing centric, they're more sales centric. You know, it's so funny. We, I've had a couple of conversations on office hours where um, despite the fact that we, we know better, we don't actually do better as marketers. We even have more technology than we have ever had to understand who we're targeting. And thanks to the introduction of intent-based platforms, when to start having a, the conversation with them. And we even know what to say because of these intent-based platforms. And yet our websites are still us talking about ourselves and then hoping that someone from the outside can understand what we're saying and trying to accomplish. When in reality, we should actually start from the outside and then look in and help someone along that journey and then introduce because of the intent data platforms that we have available to us, because of all of the research we've done on our ICP and our buyer personas, we should then triangulate all these data points to try to enhance the experience and initiate a conversation. And what I love about the conversational framework as well, too, which I think we should definitely just help people with a reference point about how Drift thinks about conversational marketing. Um, With that framework in mind, how can folks elevate the experience for their prospects and customers when they come to the website and try to initiate that conversation and, and bring digital first into less generic and impersonal into more personal and authentic? You mentioned all of these tools. Like that mm-hmm. marketers have, right? Yeah. I actually think that's been a, a huge issue in the sense of the tools have created this dissonance between mm-hmm. us as marketers and even sometimes salespeople and the customer. We we worry and spend too much time focused on the tools and solutions and, and technology and optimizing them, like setting them up, managing them, optimizing them, and like not enough time on the customer, number one. Number two, those those tools also have created a lot of complexity. So now you're like not spending as much time thinking with the customer, but you're also not keeping it simple for you or for the customer to create these real-time engagements, these relationship building, these brand building, trust building experiences that need to happen today so that someone actually feels like, hey, this is the right business to do business with. And I'm going to you know, want to go on a, a longer term relationship with them, a partnership, right? Long term. Mm-hmm. So that's the second thing we, we've, we've just been distracted and we've complicated things. And the third thing would be then like, look, we, we don't consider how people buy things every day when it comes from like a B2B lens. So, mm-hmm. you know, for, for us, we try to simplify it down at, on the drift side when we talk about both actually conversational marketing and conversational sales, we think of this framework, like you said, which is engage, understand, recommend. Mm -hmm. You got to engage with the right people who are coming to your website, identify who's coming to your website, Mm -hmm. identify those people and treat them 
in the right way by either on this is then the other understand side either understanding more about them through an engagement in real time so a human to human type of engagement or an engagement that leads to an understanding through a conversational experience with you know typically a chatbot right but the the thing with understanding too is it's not just like from the business's point of view like understanding the visitor a bit more uh, and you're also using like the existing information you have about that visitor to understand mm-hmm. them, right? That's through audience identification and making sure the yeah. engagement's right. But mm-hmm. you're helping the visitor, MK, understand more about your business, understand more about maybe their pain point, understand more about mm-hmm. your solution, understand more about the outcome they're trying to get to, understand how other people like them have done it. So you're trying mm-hmm. to create this shared sense of understanding through the engagement of the right audience. And then the last piece is, is like during that interaction, you, you know, you got to recommend the next step. You always trying to, you know, in a relationship, you're always trying to help out, right? You're trying to, it doesn't matter if it's with your, your partner, a friend, right? It could be a stranger. You're trying to give them some advice in some way. And I know that's kind of a broader way to think about it, but from a marketer standpoint, you can think of that as a call to action. Like what's the recommendation you're trying mm-hmm. to leave this person with. And this, this framework goes for sales as well, because when that visitor who comes to the website and they engage maybe with the chatbot or live chat, but say they just visit the website, but don't show any engagement MK, the mm-hmm. sales side of this then should say, Hey, if that visitor is someone that fits our ICP to your point about data and intent mm-hmm. and is one of our personas and fits into the ICP, we should let the salesperson know who owns that account with that visitors from, you know, let them know like, wow, you have someone who's on the website that might need your help that you might want to yeah. interact with and build a relationship with. Right. So there's a lot of like, you know, ways to think about it, but at the end of the day, like simplify down the process it takes you to to actually talk to someone and and reduce it from, they go to the website, they interact with something, that interaction leads them to a human or to a piece of content. And in sometimes, or a lot of cases, that interaction will notify someone at your business about that person visiting the sites. Nice. Okay, cool. So a couple, I want to unpack a couple of things here. The one thing that like just hit me square in the head was this emotional dissonance that we have when we are building our marketing strategies. And a lot of it has to do with the tech bloat that we all have. We bought too much technology. Um, we've made something way more complex than it needs to be. And that actually further builds the emotional dissonance from the people we're trying to do business with. The other thing that I think is also really interesting is um, this concept of more human to human interactions and the way that you can especially through your website, enable human to human interaction is making sure you you don't have any dead ends and that all roads on your website either lead to a human interaction and or content that should facilitate some sort of a conversation and or dialogue with a human at the end of it. Like all roads should lead to a conversation and folks who are managing their website and are trying to, you know, reduce the complexity of their tech bloat should be really conscientious and cognizant of the fact that all roads should lead to ultimately a human to human interaction. I th- most, most of the time, probably, but like you will have people that come to your website that maybe aren't either a fit for your ICP or you have a more touchless sales process, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. so um, it should facilitate some type of engagement that gets the visitor to better understand something about your business. So it could be the human helping the other human, but it could also be 
so the, you know this is kind of meta but like you know content at the, at the end of the day is just created by humans media is created by humans so it's a one-to-many form of what you just said right mm-hmm. like this thing that we're doing right now is a conversation between us but it's a piece of content that we're going to use in a lot of places that when someone interacts with a conversational experience you know with a chat bot mm-hmm. they could be led to this piece of content right which is mm-hmm. then kind of extending that first engagement that happened because of them visiting the website so it's kind of meta but like it's it's yeah i mean in a lot of the cases if the person's a good fit like yeah we should help them understand how to buy something even if it's like a low cost you know product the acv is you know say less than a thousand dollars you might have someone there just to help coach them it could be a 15 minute interaction that only takes place via live chat five minutes Mm. via, via live chat but that is going to nudge them in the right direction. I bought a Peloton and I bought the Peloton using live chat, 100%. And that took 30 minutes, like straight up. That was a 30 minute interaction. And I spent 20, you know, whatever it was, $2,300 on a Peloton bike through a live chat conversation. Was I comfortable buying it without talking to a human? Not exactly. I actually did want to talk to someone about spending Mm -hmm. that money, but I just, I didn't, you know, need to or want to talk to them on the phone or, or, you know, do it fully touchlessly. Yeah. Well, one thing that you used there was like this, this amazing term that we use here a lot at Alice is this concept of one to many. And the goal of PX is to take one to many to one to few, and then one to few to one to one, wherever mm-hmm. possible, and look for the inflection points to know when one to many is, is fine, when one to few is, is better, and then one to one is the ideal. Um, for what it's worth, too, I bought an engagement ring digitally, t- chatted with someone uh, online as well, too. But right now, in this digital first era, I I can't go to a jeweler's. I can't get the consultation that I would normally have had face to face. And that was a a big investment. That was a big purchase. And I imagine businesses are also looking for that same level of taking one or sorry, buyers rather are taking themselves from one to many to one to one as quickly as possible and trying to cut through to get to the information, the consultation, the engagement they need in order to help them with their decision-making process. How clued into marketers are are you seeing on your end about this change and how they need to facilitate that engagement with their prospects and customers? I mean, I think it's a great point. Congrats on the engagement. That's awesome. Thank you. If, if it's happened, if, if she did say yes. Okay. <laughs> she said yes. Yep. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Um, this is where marketing has to be very much not aligned, but just mm-hmm. acting with the sales team. Okay. So, and the sales team could be, again, like it could be a, a team that's really there just to help finish the last mile of the, like literally the last mile of a, of, a, of the, not last mile, the last 500 feet of a mile in this, in the buying journey. Right. So it's like mm-hmm. at the very end, like kind of like maybe like you, but for me, it was like, I did all my research. 95% of my buying journey was done. I just wanted to like ask a couple questions yep. and like, you know, it's, it's big, both big purchases. Um, yours, you know, probably even, you know, obviously more emotional and bigger than mine. So I think, I don't know. Peloton is apparently a pretty significant emotional investment as well too, to stay committed. (laughs) Same type of emotional. You got to stay committed. You got to want to do the work. Anyway, I digress. That's another episode for later about how Peloton and marriage are like one in the same. I don't know. (laughs) There's probably something there, but yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's just like getting together with your sales team and saying, Hey, sales folks, you know, how are you, how are you doing with your pipeline generation efforts or with generating enough interest f- 
with um, the audience and, and the people that you want to talk to if it's more B2C, right? I mean, at the end of the day, marketing should be doing as much as they can to create the right awareness and messaging in the market, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that naturally will bring some people in. Sales should be doing on the B2B side as much as they can to kind of connect with the right audience from more of an outbound motion. And hopefully as they do that outbound motion, those people that they connect with have heard about the brand and business and actually have done some research because of the marketing work, right? So that, that kind of, that, that happens. But then mm-hmm. when, when the magic happens is when they meet in the middle, when they say, all right, we're going to really make sure that no matter who's coming to our website, we can identify the audiences coming to the website and we can decide, because I love your PX framework, we can decide which audiences we want to treat in this more one-to-many way, which audiences and people we want to treat in this more one-to-a-few way, and which ones we want to treat in a one-to-one way. Because that drift, we have a drift 250 list. It's our top mm-hmm. 250 accounts we want to turn into customers. Each of those yep. accounts and contacts from those accounts that come to the website get treated in a very specific, personalized way. But then we have like a 7,000, you know, whatever it might be, account list. And then we have, you know, everyone else. So we right. do think about those things differently. And, and again, going back to how sales should be notified or routed into the conversation or, or see a list of all the activity that, that happened on the website over the last 12 hours when they were sleeping and be able to reach back out then because they saw these people come into the website and check it out and learn some things. That's where the magic of sales and marketing can, can happen. And, and it's, again, it's just removing the distance from you as a marketer salesperson to the buyer and customer. Mm, I love that. Um, one final thought too, especially as uh, folks co- who come to this really love to have tactical things that they can start implementing and working. It sounds to me based on how you describe that is like the first place to start is to identify that one to many, one to few, one to one moment, and then align on the respective experiences between marketing and sales of what you want your prospects and customers to go through. Mm. Is that where you would recommend folks start when trying to use their website as a way to better develop better engagement, develop better conversations? I mean, you got to look at the audience that's coming to your website and you got to use um, all of the data at your disposal. Like this is where Drift, you know, really excels because we can integrate with almost any CRM marketing automation system. And for a lot of those marketing automation systems, we can see and use the cookies, the cookie of those people you already have. So if you have a, a database of 500,000 people or, th- or 5,000 people in your marketing automation system and 75, 75% of them are cookied then we already know some stuff about them. And we can already use that information, that cookie with Drift to personalize the experience. So it's audience identification. And then you Mm. go through the process of engaging and going deeper into understanding in a two-way fashion and then recommending the right thing for that particular audience and person who comes to the website. I I do recommend that. I mean, we have this revenue acceleration model and the first three stages of five are engage website visitors, then target potential buyers, then accelerate deal cycles. And if you think about engage, target, accelerate, it kind of maps to, you know, one to many, one to few, one to one, right? So it yep. is, it, it does make a lot of sense. <sighs> Absolutely. There's so much more, but I do want to be sensitive to time. Mark, if people want to spend more time learning from you and learning with you on how to deliver these types of experiences and use their website as an additional lever of growth for their business, where can they reach out to you? Where can they learn more? What can they do? To, to do some self-learning, just Google the conversational marketing certification or go to your Perfect. favorite search engine. It might not be Google anymore. It might be like DuckDuckGo, but like go to uh, go to that search engine and type in conversational marketing certification. It's a free course. It's a couple of hours. It's going to unpack all of this in, in great detail. And then if you just Google my name or search for my name, Mark Killens, 
you'll find me on Twitter or LinkedIn. You'll see some of my content. It's, it's that simple. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that crazy, awesome brain of yours and sharing with us how we can transform some of our experiences on our website from one to many to one to few to one to one through conversational marketing and revenue. Uh, say that again, the revenue, what again? Oh, revenue acceleration. Revenue, revenue acceleration. acceleration. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Check that out too. I mean, we have a we have a cool blog post about it. It brings together the conversational marketing and conversational sales pieces together. So, Perfect. yeah. Thanks for the kind words. That's that's a very kind statement you just made, MK. So I appreciate that. I don't know. I don't think I'm worthy. <laughs> you definitely are, Mark. We've you're anyway too humble. Too humble. Um, well, thank you so much. I'm sure Theodore is running around somewhere in the background. Um, thank you so so much for your time and energy and expertise. Uh, and we might have another episode of Office Hours on the Horizon about what Peloton and in marriage can actually teach us about how. To, I get. I'm getting. I'm getting. Again, thank you so much for joining me on the episode. Great to have you. You're welcome. Thanks, MK. Take care, everyone. <laughs>